Hi, everyone. Today's HR Happy Hour is part of a special series of shows we recorded at Oracle Open World 2019 in September in San Francisco. You'll hear from Oracle, of course, but more importantly, you'll hear from HR and HRIS leaders from some of the world's most innovative companies on their HR technology transformations and journeys. This was a fun series of shows to record. Thanks to our friends at Oracle for having us out at Open World. You can learn more about Oracle's HCM solutions at www.oracle.com HCM. You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bowes. I'm joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. We are part of our extended series here from Oracle Open World. We, we are, are enjoying the conference so far. It's been a great day here. Lovely uh, environs that we've been in. Hopefully, uh, listeners have got a chance to listen to the first couple shows in the series, That's which right. I think came out excellently. They did. No, it's been very interesting. So I think we're hearing both from the Oracle executives here at Open World, as well as some of the customers, which is kind of where we are with this particular episode as well. So I think it'll be great. Yeah. And that's digging into what's it really like to be working with these modern technologies, moving to the cloud, et cetera, et cetera. We have another great story that that, uh, we want to share with our listeners today. Our guest today is Wade Larson. He's the director of human resources at Wagstaff. Wade, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Our pleasure. Thanks for being here. Uh, Wagstaff not have anything to do with dogs, right? Nothing to do with the pet industry. No, no, we're not. A, we're not a dog walking firm. We're not a staffing firm. Okay. That's the second that question. Well. Yeah, okay. I got that one too. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and tell us a little bit about Wagstaff because this is a pretty interesting story. You bet. You bet. Uh, you know, I've been with Wagstaff for uh, three, about three and a half years, and I've come from a pretty diverse background. So uh, I do uh, kind of mainstream HR, and I've also uh, done plenty of consulting. So personally, I've worked with about 250 different companies. Wow. Oh, great. Uh, from both sides of the of the street, you know, mainstream and, and consulting. So I came to Wagstaff. I've known them for, for some time. I did some consulting with them. And, uh, you know, and finally one day they just said, you know, what does it take to just come on board? And yeah. uh, and, and so I came over. And uh, Wagstaff itself, it's family owned. And uh, this is their third, they're in the third generation, and they're prepping to transition over to the fourth generation okay. okay so 74 year old company in the uh, uh in the uh, aluminum casting equipment field so uh they're they're a global uh, global presence we're in 56 countries right now so wade for the benefit of folks who are not as dialed in like i am yes. you know if you listen to my other podcast <laughs> metallurgy today like i'm very right. interested you're in these subjects well, i mean in a nutshell aluminum casting yep. you're, you're making products and, and selling them to whom for what purpose we make stuff so other people can make stuff how okay. about that right. so uh you know in the aluminum field you only make uh aluminum doesn't come out of the ground as aluminum comes out of this mineral called bauxite and oh, so you have to right. heat 
You have to heat it up, and uh, when it gets hot, it separates and it turns into you know it, ox- it hits it hits the oxygen and turns into aluminum. It turns shiny as it's molten, and uh, you got to turn it into a couple of products. And in an industry, we we make it into ingots and billets. You know, think of gold ingots, right? The little yeah, right. rectangular things, but these are industrial size, so they could be small, they could be huge, mm-hmm. uh, as far as a you know a meter and a half wide and thirty meters long. Okay. Uh, or, and, and uh, you know, billets are more like a kind of power poles, if you will, is a, with with the big cylinders. Right. And that's how the industry makes it. We make the equipment that makes those. Okay. So. Gotcha. And gotcha. where are you based? We're based in Spokane, Washington, but we have an okay. operation in Hebron, Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati. Oh, sure. Uh, we also have three locations in uh, Qingdao, China, and uh, also in Russia and the UAE, and we have about twenty five other employees around the world. Wow. Great. From from Spokane uh, across the globe, really. We That's do. pretty fascinating. We yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. So we, like I said, we have uh, about seventy five percent of our of our uh, business is done internationally, and like I said, about fifty six countries actively uh, at any given time is where our customer base is. Wonderful. So wait, you know, I got to believe, you know, you're doing the ingots, doing the billets, you know, sometimes focusing on the ingots, sometimes more on the billets. Something happens along the way where you say, you know what? It's time to take a look at what we're doing around HCM technology, around cloud technology. Yep. I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Like, what, what was kind of the impetus or the spark to send you guys down the path that you're on? Sure. You know, you know so I showed up three and a half years ago, and it, it's not like any other uh, situation. You know, I, I come in as a change agent. And uh, you know, as, as a change agent, you can't just come in with your guns a-blazing saying this is how we're going to do things. Uh, but, uh, but it's not unlike uh, what other HR folks see is, you know, we have systems in 15 to 20 different locations we have you know ats is over here payrolls over here performance is over here if we even do it and (laughs) and and everything's kind of either broken or half speed or something right and so it's we got to figure out a way to do this better cheaper faster because in hr we're going to spend an enormous amount of time doing this stuff just administrative stuff yeah. that drives everybody nuts. And what we know in HR is this, is that we can't be the bad guys. We don't want to be the bad guys. We want to automate all of those things so we can spend more time with the people. Right. We need to become the, the business leaders so we can help facilitate success. And if we can help the business leaders be the business leaders and give them the resources that they need to, to be better leaders, be better managers, provide the time and the resources, that's where the change happens. And that's where the business gets done. And so to be a strategic business partner, we need to get the stuff off of our backs. And that's where something like your HCM comes in. And so when you take a look at this, you know, we're not looking at the HCM to be the, the solution. The HCM is the HCM to facilitate the solution. And we need to break this apart. There's the process, or there are the processes, and there's the system. The system helps to facilitate the process. So when I'm talking about processes, you have the payroll, you have the, the, the ATS, you have the onboarding, you have the performance, you have talent management, you have all these functions. But way too often we go out and we go searching for the perfect system yeah. that's just going to do it, right? But we don't spend a, a, a day, we don't even spend an hour thinking how are we going to just streamline this stuff. And so the first question that these implementation specialists are going to be asked is, can you customize? And so they go in and so everybody's saying, yeah, we'll customize. Well, look, you know, you, you automate a bad process and guess what? It's still a bad process. And you, but you can do it faster and do it more times and at higher scale, right? And right. You don't really help. You make things worse. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's where we get, you get Oracle or anybody else and we, and we automate a bad process. It's still, it's a terrible process. In fact, it's oftentimes a worse process. And so in our journey, you know, your first step, I, I break it down into three parts that really makes an HCM solution a solution. 
And so, you know, number one is you've got to streamline your processes. You, you have to take the time to, to understand your processes, streamline it, and, and make that work. Number two is you've got to find the right partners, and, and that's going to be key. So whether it's your implementation partners, your internal partners, because you've got to have that team right. that understands your, pro- your processes, can get that aligned, as well as your external partners, right. and that's your, your implementation team, that's whoever you're using to, to partner with. And then number three, your system. Your system is going to facilitate that those are your key partners. And so from our end, just to kind of tidy it up, wrap it into this, that's where we went with our HCM solution, both you know in the past, today, and tomorrow. Those are the three, the three keys to success when it comes to your HCM. Yeah. You know, I love that. I think, too, one of the things um, you, know, you were kind of touching on at the beginning where you were talking about how tying all of these things together is so important, and especially even around performance. So one of the things I've heard over my career in HR is sometimes – um, people who work in manufacturing don't really have um, the need, they don't think, for having a really solid way to measure performance. Or even sometimes vendors won't think that, that in manufacturing that's an important aspect of it, right? So it's much more about recruiting or even offboarding, right? It's, it's not so much the in-between. Can you talk a little bit about it? It seems like you have such a holistic approach to HCM within um, your organization how has that played with your managers? Because to me, I've worked in manufacturing myself, and that mm-hmm. was always very important to have everything from, you know, hire or pre-hire to retire, right? Yes. And everything in between. How important was that for you all in making those decisions? And did you feel like your employees and your leaders really embraced having technology to support all of those process steps? Sure. You know, and again, going back to your process, you have to encapsulate this as a Cradle is a cradle to grave kind of a concept from employment from the time to to even before you start knocking on the door to the employees to the time that they retire. You have to think of the entire concept. And so looking at performance as an example, uh, you have to embrace the entire thing. And and look, you know, when it comes down to metrics and performance, like that which gets measured improves, Mm -hmm. that which gets measured and reported improves exponentially. And that which gets reported and uh, that which gets measured and reported and rewarded gets repeated. Oh, I love that. And if you if you understand that yeah. and you build it in, then you're going to understand where goals come in and, and you start aligning goals that individual goals need to, uh, to contribute to department goals and department goals need to align with with organizational goals. Well, then those goals start to contribute to your performance, you know, your performance measures. And, and I'll go back to talk about what we did here. But then those performance goals have to align with your compensation structure. And your compensation structure has to be flexible and fluid enough to meet individual needs. And it can't be a one size fits all kind of a structure. And so, yeah, I mean, you have your annual your annual merit increases. But then what else are you going to do? Because we're talking about four distinct generations that are working in today's workforce. And, and, and everybody has their own individual needs and wants ranging from, yeah, I need my 401k built down to the the. You know, to, to the younger folks who just want more time off. Right. And you have to compensate differently for that. But even from a feedback perspective, these once a year performance evaluations are done. Mm-hmm. Those we have known for 40 years that they don't work and those have to be done. And even quarterly, you know, so we go to quarterly conversations. And so mm-hmm. you need a system that's going to support that and sustain that. But, you know, so over the last two years, we've, we've shifted to this quarterly conversation and we've identified the goals. So, you know what? First quarter. We identify goals, and this was the first time that many of these folks, even on the shop floor, they're setting goals within the goal structure. Right. And this is the first time in their whole lives that they've set goals. And you know, they're like, well, I don't know why I have to set goals. 
because you're gonna, <laughs> right. because that's what we're measuring you on. And that has to filter into performance. Yeah. And, that, and so on and so on. Yeah. And one of the knocks on traditional performance, there's many knocks on it, but one of them has been, I don't really understand how it's being calibrated, how it's being measured, what's the difference between good, not so good, great. Uh, it sounds like you've rooted this in visible, shared, um, uh, transparent kinds of goal setting exercises that yeah. say, hey, okay, now I understand. I understand what we're trying to do here. I understand how it's going to contribute to our, the success of our organization. And I understand how my contribution fits in and how I'll be measured, right? I mean, to me, it's a, it's a lot about um, emphasizing the things we've known all along, but we were, just, were never good at sort of communicating with people, maybe. Right. Well, and to that point, if they don't know what good looks like, yeah. what are they working towards? Yeah. And then if they, if they don't understand what they're working towards and how, and how they're being rewarded for that performance, then, then the, the, the rewards don't matter. You're throwing away money, even if you're giving annual bonuses. Mm-hmm. What are they receiving it for? Otherwise, it becomes a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy, and they say, thank you very much. I appreciate the money, and they walk away. But you're not getting the bang for the buck. Right. And so mm-hmm. in terms of the, the concepts and the theories of motivation, you're throwing money away, yeah. and you're not getting anything for it. Well, I think also it becomes an expectation. So, again, people aren't really worried about, am I meeting and being measured on any certain specific goals? It's just an expected, well, I got it last year. I should get it this year. So it sounds like what you're doing is you're actually making sure they're aware of every step of that process so that they know whether or not they're meeting the measured goals. That's correct. We'll, we'll tell them that the, the, you know, the bonus isn't guaranteed. It's based on a company performance. <laughs> right. And they'll say that they understand that. Yeah. And so their question is, are, we, you know, are bonuses coming this year? Right. But mm-hmm. they never make the connection, is my individual performance tied to my bonus or the bonus amount? Right. And only for over the past year have the managers started to differentiate the performance okay. to the point where the, man, where the employees are starting to catch on of, hey, wait a second, I didn't start to make, I didn't make as much this year as I did last year. And only now are they starting to understand that their performance matters. Yeah. And so, again, going back to the whole HCM concept, the system's the system, but the mm-hmm. system is not the process. And you have to align the process to match the business goals. And once that starts to happen, the magic starts to happen and starts to have an impact on your business outcomes. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, once you made the decision, obviously you had taken the time to go through how these new processes would be put into place or if there were changes that were going to happen. Mm-hmm. Once you made the choice of going with Oracle, um, from there, what was some of the next steps you did? Was it more around communication or was it really just diving into implementation? What were some of the things that were key to you as you, you moved from selection into implementation? Well, you know, as, as we go into implementation, it, part of the process is what are the resources that we have available? Because, you know, to, to, the, to the question of who's Wagstaff and who we are, we're, we're, I joke that we're one of the smaller guppies in the giant ocean of Oracle. <laughs> right? You know, we're well under a thousand employees. Okay. And, and so to, to that point, you know, some would ask, why did I choose HCM? Because are, are we are we perhaps too small for the HCM? Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe we are. Uh, but we went with it because we're trusted partners on the J.D. Edwards side. Right. And we're longtime users sure. on the J.D.E. side. And, and so we trusted that. And uh, but we went with it. And, and here we are. But but here but and that's that's where we go. But to that point, we went down the strategy conversation. But we dove in. But I I also decided if we're going to do this, we're going to do it with everything. And so we bought the whole we, 
whole HCM package, everything, payroll, talent. We jumped in head first because why parse this thing out? Yeah. Otherwise, I've got multiple systems again and, yeah. I'm, and I'm duct taping the whole thing. You know, process. we've heard a little bit of that. It makes sense for being at Open World where Oracle's got always had this massive footprint of applications across the spectrum, HCM, ERP, supply chain, finance, et cetera, et cetera. But we're hearing again and again about the, the value of, of take, going down that path of saying, look, I'm going to take, I want, I want to partner with a company that's going to provide every application that I'm, that I'm going to need. I have it all sort of consolidated. I have one database, and, and that's how I'm going to get a handle on disparate systems and terrible integrations and five different user interfaces, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that, all the negatives that come with, say, taking a different approach, as you said. Like, yeah. Go, go yeah. get an ATS. Go get an LMS. Go get, you know, some other system. And this went into our partnership, too, on the implementation. But I had, like, three. Okay, I'm a geek, so um, you'll, you'll recognize this. We're geeks, had, too. It's, it's three, good. Share. So I had three prime directives, right? <laughs> you'll, you'll understand the reference. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, one of them was, was uh, it just had to work right. as we go through this. Number two is it had to be on time because as we were flipping the switch, as we turned the Jan 1 date, yeah. that was it. Payroll had to be the Jan 1 date. Yeah. End of story. Right. And, and that was it. Uh, but, but, you know, the, the other one was like, this just had to be all under one umbrella. Yeah. No customization. That was my mantra was no customization. Because anytime that you customize, we know from uh, this was not my first rodeo right. on implementation. Right. As soon as you customize, as soon as there's an upgrade, there's a chance that something's going to break. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing for the listeners to think about, too, because many listeners either might not have been through an implementation before or maybe they've only done it once before something like that. So to hear that that's like a really important thing, if you can not do the customizations, then. Oh, yeah. So what, so what that means, of course, is that if there was a situation where we had a process, this goes back to the difference between process and system. If there was a process that did not align to the Oracle system. And we had to take that thing back and say, okay, so what does that mean for our process? It means we had to adjust our process. Right. Or at least ask the question, why did it exist? And chances are good that our process existed because somebody 10 years ago, 15 years ago, created a subroutine or some kind of a routing mm-hmm. process because Bob in accounting, right, right. wanted to have the, this uh, triple you know, this triple approval process right. back in the day and yeah. it didn't make sense. So for us, that allowed us to streamline and, and improve the processes. But let me get to the bottom line on this. Because we did it this way, because we said no customization, we said no, you know, just boom, boom, boom. We're going to align this this process. And because we shoved this thing through in a year mm-hmm. on a small staff, limited staff, we had to go, go, go. Our implementation team, who is, is now aligned with, with Castlebridge Consulting, um, because we, we had that alignment mm-hmm. and that, that on task, we held ourselves accountable. We held them accountable. We streamlined processes. We got things down to the nugget. We were able to, to improve our processes by 25% in, the, in, in a year. And we were able to go, go, go. But we were able to do more, be more, and get further along in that short period of time just on the process improvement, regardless of whether the system worked or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you're coming from that, when you're coming from the world where I've got disparate systems, I've got difficulty tying them together, difficult to understand, and then you can tie these together under one umbrella... And you're going to just right off the top, you're going to save time and effort and and money, honestly, just on moving data through the system, taking someone from applicant to hire to onboard into performance management, right? Just just that process alone, when you're operating under a consolidated system, right, under one, you know, one single point of truth, right? Like all the steps you would have had to take in the past just to navigate through a person, right, a person's journey through 
all the processes that are that are going to touch them. Like so, the payoff's got to be relatively quick. Would would be my guess. Or yeah. you, you're going to start to see real real benefits really quickly. And before we even flip the switch, we're at 25% yeah. uh, greater efficiencies. And so, to, for us to continue this process, because again, it's it's a system. Yeah. And so, you know, the longer we're in it, the more we settle in, the longer, you know, the the, the greater the uh, the efficiencies. That's where we're at. Yeah. As, as we see greater and greater efficiencies as we continue through. One thing, speaking of efficiencies, um, I know before we recorded with you, we had seen some of the videos that you've talked about um, saving 10% of managers' time. Can yes. you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I think, too, that's such, it can be such a huge number, and that's regardless if you're a 1,000-person you know, organization or 100,000, right? Can you talk a little bit about the value for the, the leaders within the organization? Yeah, I'll give you three examples of where we sit, where I come up with the 10%. Okay. Uh, one example is uh, compensation management. Uh, we were using spreadsheets, right, yeah. as uh, the back and forth on the uh, bonuses and, and, and merit pay increases. So we'd make the giant spreadsheets, and, of course, oh, somebody left, and now the pool <laughs> needs to be adjusted. Oh all right, wrap, yeah. wrap up the spreadsheets, send it all back. So you're in version they 8. Don't version I've done that they so don't add up. They don't line up. Someone inserted times. a column when they shouldn't have. Yeah. Yep, so and so many you're times. in 8, version 10, <laughs> version whatever else. Well, with Comp Manager, you know what? I adjust it, boom, it's done. It automates, yeah. it's done. Just yeah. that alone saved at least 100 hours wow. of, of time, right? That was, boom, done. Um, using uh, on, on the performance side, uh, just being able to get them into a system using that automated instead of the old PDFs and whatever else that we were using yeah. before that didn't have it, mm-hmm. that itself, say, you know, using the goals and whatever, that saved you know hundreds of hours just alone by, by putting that in place with the goals and, and, and the alignment. And even though they complain of, hey, it's a new system, whatever else, working out the kinks, that saved a tremendous amount of time. And then on the routing side, on the uh, the job, the requisitions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sure. pieces like that, we were able to, to to kick out, you know, kick out steps, skip HR because everything was coming to HR. Like, my gosh, are you kidding? You know, so it's like, no, we don't have to do that. We're just going to yeah. skip that. Go to these steps. Those little pieces, right? Everything that took an extra two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Well, mm-hmm. you multiply that by the number of new hires that we have a year. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, we're saving this. So those are just three examples of several examples that, that yeah. I could keep on right. listing. Can you talk a little bit about the managers who are using this? So again, these are, you know, again, if they were used to either doing something on paper in the past, now they're, you know, they have a system that's going to support them having these goals and having better performance or performance uh, information more often, for example. How are they taking to it? There, it, it, there are three groups, right? Okay. There are three groups of managers. There are the early adopters that are saying more, more, more. We want to be here. We want to help do this. And we're actually getting them in on the beta tests. We're, okay. we're, we're taking those groups and their employees to say, hey, we have a new system. Let us try this out. And those, those are our first, our first groups. And they're taking to us. And they're giving us active feedback to help us improve. There's the middle group, which is the most of them, which are saying, all right, lay it on us. Give it to us. We'll help you out. It's fine. We're taking the blows, the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And that's the majority. There's a handful of the naysayers. It's like, take us back to paper and pencil. <laughs> uh, there's always going to be that group. Yeah. Sure. But most of them are taking it in stride and uh, actually very, very, very positive. And every year they come back to us to say, can we actually give you some feedback for the next upgrade to, to help design this? Yeah, I, I think, Wade, uh, in the last few minutes we have together, maybe we can maybe talk a little bit about that. Well, two things, really. One, one is more of an observation. One is like... Uh, this is a smaller company, right? We, we talk to companies sometimes at events like this that are 50, 60, 80,000 employees, right? One of the earlier podcasts we did in the series was 88,000 employees around the world. Right. What I do like find here interesting and also refreshing is that the benefits, the capability, and, and then sort of the innovation is still available to companies 
sub 1,000, you know, where it never used to be, right? You, you, mm-hmm. When you said you worked with 250 companies in your career, back in the day that wasn't that long ago, right? Mm-hmm. The most cutting edge modern cloud, well, we didn't even know cloud then, but the most cutting edge technologies wouldn't probably be available to a company like yours. So I'd love you to comment yep. on that. And then secondly, maybe, so what do you see, what, what's out there for you guys? And you're thinking, boy, now we're going to have the opportunity to go chase this or that yeah. that we never did before. Sure, sure. You, you know, when you get into the technology uh, and the innovation side, everything is scalable. When it comes to process improvement, everything is scalable, no matter the size of the company, right down to 10 employees, you can scale everything. Now, can you apply the technology? Well, even if you can't use Oracle, right, because Oracle, you can scale that down to a certain point. Even the, even the, the small, small groups, I mean, so go get some, something that's off the shelf. You can go get a smaller company to, mm-hmm. to do off the shelf stuff mm-hmm. that's maybe not as customizable, but it is, uh, you know, but, but, but you can, uh, you know, tailor it to, to your needs. So that's fine. But when it comes to the process improvement, yeah, that's a hundred percent scalable, yeah. and so there's no excuse for that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but when it comes to what's what, what we're looking for in the future, like we are still seeking the uh, better, cheaper, faster. <laughs> Everybody needs to apply lean in all their in all their their methodologies, and that's you know that's what I address in, in my book. You know, the doing HR are doing HR better is not uh, anything new. It's taking what we're already doing and simplifying it. We don't have to be that complex about process improvement. It's not that sophisticated. Figuring out what we're doing, figuring out where where we want to get to, and figuring out that gap analysis and just saying, how do we get from here to there? Breaking it down, and we don't have to take it all on at once. Just grab one thing, do it better every single day, improve that process, get through it, and then go to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. It's what we call GSD, right? I Getting love it. shift done. Uh, you know? See, I it's, thought you were going somewhere else with that. It's, 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 to, to make the shift from here to there, you right. got to get That's shift a well known aluminum industry acronym, Trish. Uh, I'm familiar That's with right. it, but yeah. not everyone is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, we got to go there. Yeah. Yep. Now, you mentioned the book, right? Doing HR Better. Yes. Right. Where can people find that? That's on Amazon. That's on Amazon. Okay, good. And where can people connect with you if they want to connect with you after the episode? If I am they want not to. hard to find. You can go to <laughs> wadelarson.com. Okay. Uh, oh, you can, like that. Yep, it's pretty easy. Uh, you Google can, you. Yep, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find out there. Good, wonderful. Dr. Wade Larson is the uh, is the Twitter handle. I like that. Okay. And uh, Dr. Wade Larson is the LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Easy so enough. So if you're on a plane, Wade, and, and they say, do we have a doctor on board? Where, what are we doing, Wade? Are we raising my I'm, hand? Or I'm going to raise, I'm gonna, you know. Uh, a little low, let it blow over, hopefully. My my, uh, my Boy Scout first aid is as far as you're going to okay. go. So I will right. stop your bleeding, but if you're hemorrhaging, you're gone with me. Yeah. So okay. yeah. I, will, right. I will say a prayer with you as you, as so you leave this earth. <laughs> Wait, this has been a really interesting conversation. Uh, the company's Wagstaff. Uh, yes. For all your billet and ingot needs, there that's you where you turn to. That's where I turn to, uh, just from home use. I, I'm on the smaller side. Are you? Some okay. of the home projects I'm doing, Goodness. making a bird feeder. Uh, but uh, <laughs> very, very uh, large bird feeder. <laughs> Thank you. We'll help you out. <laughs> Thanks for spending Thanks some for time with us, Wade. It's been a super it. fun conversation. All right. Uh, Trish, another great show here from Oracle Open World. Uh, we are wrapping up our day today, but we'll have, we'll be back with more tomorrow and we'll be continuing the series from Oracle Open World. So many thanks again to everybody here who's made this super fun and super easy for us. This That's has been right. just a cool, we'll get some pictures posted for sure and folks can see how cool of a, a venue we've had today to, to do these uh, shows. It's and beautiful. So. Absolutely beautiful. All right. So remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour. I should remind people about that once in a while. Subscribe to the HR Happy Hour wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Steve Bose. For Trish McFarlane, for our guest Wade Larson, thank you for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time. And bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.